Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings and it is Thursday the 20th of January. Where has the year gone? And as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the PowerPoint slides here and read our disclaimer in full. Or if you're listening on a podcast, head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website and you can read the disclaimer there. Or you can sign up for a free two-week trial for the Marcus Today newsletter. What a better way to start the new year than with some decent financial information. All right, overnight prices last night, not particularly good for our market. Again, we had a big fall yesterday down 76-odd points, and we are looking at a tepid, to say the least, open for the SPY futures, although commodity stocks will be doing well. So that will be a reprieve for our market to some extent. But in the US, the volatile session we saw, we've still got a Federal Reserve meeting next week, which is going to make Australia Day a bit of fun for uh, Australian investors. But we do have the US markets uh, on tenterhooks about earnings at the moment and also about what the Fed will do. We saw bond yields come off a smidge last night, so that was a positive. Unfortunately, we had a very volatile session in the Dow, down 340 points or 0.96 of a percent to 35029. It had a high of 180 odd points up and a low of 353 down, so closing on its lows, pretty much. NASDAQ down 1.15%, 167 points, 14,340. Apple under some pressure, and we'll get to that. S&P 500 in the middle for diddle, but only just down 0.97%, 44 points to 45.33. And as you would expect with all this volatility and negativity around in the US at the moment. We saw the VIX index rise 20 to 24, up 1 point or 4.39%. But let's get on to the good news, especially for our market, which is a commodity-based market. Let's not beat about the bush. It is banks and miners. That's what drives our market. And the banks bank the money from the miners. But we had Brent crude last night up another 1.06%, 93 cents to 88.44. Oil stocks will be in demand today and probably lagged a little bit in terms of some of the leverage it has to the oil price. WTI up 1.79%, to 86.96. Gold had a stunning night last night, up to 1843.20, up $30.80, 1.7% higher for gold. So a big, big night for gold and that should flow through into our gold stocks today. Iron ore up 20 $2.30.20 and the Aussie dollar a slightly higher 72.13 as you would expect with all this commodity price bullishness. Somebody asked me yesterday why do commodity prices go up as inflation rises? Well commodity prices are inflation. That's where we are seeing the inflation is those rising commodity prices, either in oil because of underinvestment in fossil fuels and this transition to electric vehicles, etc. And greening the planet has meant that oil companies generally 
have not invested in new production. And as a result, with demand up, it is pushing prices up. That uh, oil price inflation has yet to really come through in some markets, especially as we've all been working from home. It hasn't really hurt us when we go and fill up at the Bowser for our uh, SUV or our four-wheel drive uh, when you do get hit by that. In other commodities, though, last night we saw copper up 1.8%. Nickel up 4.9% last night. Big night for nickel. Aluminium up 1.7. Zinc up 0.7. Lead up 1.7. Tin up 1.4%. In commodity stocks, we had Freeport McMoran dribbling down 0.5%. Alcoa down 0.7%. But Tech up 1.7%. Anglo up 4.2% last night. Glencore up 1.3% last night. Vale. In the US, up 4.3%. Albemarle, though, coming off a little bit, down 2.9%. Maybe a move out of some of the hot lithium stocks into nickel and other base metal stocks happening at the moment. BHP up 3% in ADR terms and Rio up 2.9% in ADR terms as well. Here you can see the S&P 500 swooned, tried really hard to rally and then collapsed into the close. So not a good sign. Uh, The SPY futures were hoping for a better day. But those commodity prices should help us. In the US, we saw the likes of Apple down 2.1%. Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook, up around half percent. Google down 0.6%. Microsoft edging out some gains 0.2% higher. Amazon down 1.6, Netflix up 1%, but US banks once again under the cost. We did get numbers last night from JP Morgan, uh, which were slightly better, but the stock still fell 1.5%. We had Citigroup down 1.6, Goldman's continuing on uh, down at 2%, and Wells Fargo down 2% with its hip to be square, 1.4% down. Bear in mind today, don't start looking for afterpay on your watch list because it is no longer part of the Australian market. It is APT has disappeared. RIP APT. We are now looking at SQ2, which kicks off, starts trading today at 11 o'clock. So a bit of a delayed start for SQ2, which is Square or Block Inc. Major stories last night. NASDAQ puts it itself into correction territory. Stocks drop as the sell-off puts NASDAQ into correction. Traders pricing the possibility now of a 50 basis point Fed rate hike in March. It is a slim possibility, but certainly it is starting to rear its ugly head. And the German 10-year bond yield has turned positive for the first time since 2019. It was negative 0.32% pre-Christmas. Now it is flat, actually positive. So a big, big rise in there. UK inflation has surprised to the upside. It's jumped to the highest level in 30 years. Congratulations, Boris, winning on all fronts. And the Chinese bond yields retreat after the PBOC announced further support. Junk debt is poised for its worst month since the early days of the pandemic. And the US Surgeon General says the Omicron wave not yet peaked as several states hit record highs or seven-day average of cases. And the IEA suggests oil demand may exceed pre-COVID levels in 2022, rising to almost 100 million barrels a day. And the Microsoft acquisition of Call of Duty game maker Activision Blizzard 
likely to attract some regulatory scrutiny. And uh, they certainly are gearing up to crack down on the record-setting merger boom that is currently happening. Most of these mergers have taken some time to put in place. So uh, the peak of the market may have passed, but the mergers and acquisitions continue. What's on today? Well, we had Dalian Iron Ore jumping around 4% in futures markets yesterday, uh, leading Ferris futures higher. That's following three sessions of losses. We get the BHP vote today and uh, those good moves higher for BHP and Rio overseas. 10-year yield in the US, 1.83% Australia. We did hit 2% yesterday. It's eased off a little bit, 1.99% for 10 years. Germany's still showing 0.02% negative, but it has gone into positive territory currently. In Canada, headline inflation rate reached a three-decade high of 4.8%. 70 cent chance of a rate hike next week. Now, Canada... We always tend to look at the U.S. for guidance as to what our market's doing, but maybe we should look at Canada. It's a very similar economy to ours based on resources, maybe not iron ore, oil and gas for Canada, but certainly is a very much a resource-based economy. Their inflation rate, 4.8%. Consumer prices in the U.K., 5.4% higher compared with the year earlier. And a great start to the free trade agreement with the UK as they are raising import duties on Australian wine. UK is the largest importer of Australian wine. There is a change to the way they calculate the import tax that, uh, or the tax generally that wine has to be has to pay. It is now going to be based on alcoholic volume, which is going to have a bit of a detrimental effect on Australian reds, which tend to be quite alcoholic. So that is going to hurt TWE as it's one of their biggest customers is the UK. BHP and Rio both expecting disruptions to production as WA reopens in early Feb. Something Carl Capalinga and I talked about yesterday on Ausbiz with the call with David Koch is the fact that the WA economy and in fact the WA state opens to the rest of the world again on February the 5th and with all those mines in Western Australia and the Pilbara, they will be susceptible to COVID outbreaks as uh, they see the Omicron cases start to hit WA. You can only hold your line for so long and uh, it does look as if we could get some disruptions maybe to production coming out of the Pilbara for both Rio and BHP. Northern Star, lots of quarterlies out at the moment, has delivered a $950 million in December sales revenue, the company said today, and is on track to reach its gold production guidance target cash and bullion of around $588 million. And Westpac is once again under investigation over staff pay. City has done some serious research today, and it warns rising rates are unlikely to help bank margins in 2022. That is the common kind of thought at the moment is that those rising uh, yields will certainly help banks with their net interest margins. But Citi says no, competition and higher funding costs will constrain growth. And Qantas says US flights are safe from 5G. A lot of kerfuffle at the moment over 5G towers being placed very close to control towers at major US airports and some airlines have cancelled flights and cancelled flying into those airports on the back of concerns that they are interfering with ground navigation and airline navigation systems. We don't have the same problem here with 5G and the US does seem to have stuffed up by putting the towers too close and pointing in the wrong direction. 
TLX, that's a typo, sorry, RLX is not right, TLX, Telex Pharma has gone into a trading halt this morning, material capital raise being announced, and Sydney total traffic in December for the airport was 1.2 million, which was down 69.7% on a year ago. Question of the day today, we're seeing a lot of hype around Brainchip at the moment, reminiscent of some of the hype around the buy now, pay later stocks. Brainchip is now capitalised at $3.7 billion. $3.7 billion. There we go. So is this the real deal with this IKEA chip, or is this just all hype with day traders? Huge volumes we've seen in Brainchip. Have you been playing the Brainchip game? Has this one paid off for you? I know it paid off in small ways for me. I was a shareholder from low levels, sold out just below 50 cents, uh, regretting it now, obviously, as they've gone through two bucks. But is it all hype? And is this the latest fad or is this the real deal with Akita? Love to hear your thoughts on that on the Facebook discussion group as usual. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you have a great session. You can always head on over to that Facebook discussion group. There's lots of always good comments there. And members helping members is very much the motto there. If you're listening on a podcast, don't forget we have three other streams of podcasts. The Marker Strategy Podcast, the On The Desk Podcast, which was out this week, and the On The Couch Podcast. I'm ramping that one up next week with an interview with a high-profile fund manager. So I'm looking forward to that. You can subscribe to one, two, three, or four of those podcasts, as many as you like. And uh, you're guaranteed to get some great information, great insights, and some great money-making ideas from all those podcasts. And if you're listening and you're not yet a member of Marcus Today, marcustoday.com.au, you can head there and sign up for that two-week free trial. We'd love to have you on board. It's a fantastic community and a great uh, newsletter, we think. That's our opinion anyway. And we certainly have a lot of members that are very happy with us. That's it for me today. Have a great trading session. <laughs>